In today's show, Bitcoin price fights for 26000 as U.S. dollar strength hits 10-month high. And quoting Max Kaiser, the global Ponzi scheme is snapping. That's right. And in real time. Also, Vitalik Buterin's wallet sends 400 Ethereum worth $600,000 to Coinbase. Is he offloading his ETH? We'll be breaking this down. As well as Mixon Network hack drains $200 million from the mainnet assets. Not only that, but Hobby Global was also just hacked for seven. $9 million. I'll be breaking down this report. Also in today's show, North Korean Lazarus Group amasses over $40 million worth of Bitcoin. I'll be breaking down this latest data, as well as MicroStrategy smash buys $147 million worth of Bitcoin and now holds on their balance sheet 158,000 BTC. Also in today's show, I'm going to be sharing Michael Saylor's prediction of the Bitcoin price hitting $10 million per coin. In fact, quoting him right here, if you're mining Bitcoin, you never want to sell any Bitcoin. And if you raise money, you want to buy Bitcoin with the money you raise. And then you want to borrow against the Bitcoin to pay for the operating expenses. And if you do that, if you believe in Bitcoin, it is obvious. If you don't believe in Bitcoin, maybe you shouldn't be in business. If you don't think Bitcoin is going to a million dollars per coin and then $10 million per coin, I don't think you should be a Bitcoin miner. I don't think you should be a Bitcoin exchange. And I don't think you should be a Bitcoin wallet. We'll also be taking going to look at the overall crypto market, all this, plus so much more in today's show. Yo, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost a video show. So if you want the full premium experience with video, visit my YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts. Net. Now, welcome everyone just joining us. This is pod episode number 1412. I'm your host, JV. Today is September 25th, 2023. It is Monday. How's everyone doing? Holla at your boy in that live chat. Let me know where you're tuning in from. And at the end of the show, I'll be reading everyone's comments out loud, just like we do each and every day here on the Crypto News Alerts pod. And with that being shared, let's now dive into our market watch. We can see Bitcoin correcting down a half a percent for the day, maintaining 26000 300. We have Ether and BNB in the green with Chainlink, one of the top gainers, up over 5% for the day. And checking out the crypto market cap, we're sitting just above that trillion dollar milestone with roughly 26 billion in volume in the past 24 hours, with that volume up 56%. With Bitcoin dominance back on the decline at 48.9%. Also, the Ethereum dominance has been on the decline lately as well, currently at 18.2%. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers of the past week. We have Aptos up 6%, trading at $5.61, followed by Chainlink up 5%, trading at $7.47, followed by FXS up 4.5%, trading at $5.62. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers for the past week. We can see we also have APT up here up 6%, with the biggest loser being WeMix down over 13%. And checking out the Crypto Greed and Fear Index, one of my favorite indicators shows we're currently rated a 47, which is neutral. Yesterday was a 44 in fear. Last week, a 46. And last month, a 38 in fear. So there you have it, fam. Welcome to y'all just joining us. Again, let me know where you're tuning in from and what are you looking forward to most in the Bitcoin market this week? Shout out and don't be a stranger. Now let's break down our Bitcoin technical analysis. Let's check out the charts and where Bitcoin is likely to head next. 
check it out. Bitcoin hugged 26,000 at the September 24th Wall Street Open as the weekly closed nosedive brought lasting consequences, which we can see here in the Bitcoin one-hour candle chart. Now, data from Cointelegraph and TradingView showed Bitcoin's price trajectory uncertain after briefly piercing that 26,000 support. Sideways weekend trading soon turned sour into the new week and upset overnight meant the bulls were unable to recoup lost ground as Dan Crypto Trade shares here on X. Bitcoin weekend price action wasn't exciting until the later hours on Sunday. As expected, the price held around the CME, closed price until the futures open and then took a nosedive. So there you have it. Also like to point out, we still have a CME futures gap at around that 20,000 level. Now, Bitcoin failed to break through the local resistance in the form of a descending trend line, and it looks like a little bearish on the right shoulder may form. We have a borrow virtual uploading a daily chart in which says, if true, Bitcoin risks falling into the 22 to $20,000 range. Let me know if you agree with these insights that we're likely to potentially close that CME futures gap at around that 20000 level. Now, we also have another analyst, Rack Capital, previously envisioned a possible reappearance of the low 20s as well, quoting the analyst. Bitcoin could downside wick into the twenty-five dollars to $26,000 area on this current move. He also said, but if 26000 begins to act as resistance, then that could be a bearish contributing sign that the twenty-five to 26 area is weakening as support. And if Bitcoin turns the twenty-five twenty-six area into a new resistance, the price could collapse somewhere in the twenty-two to 24000 region to find a local bottom, which is outlined here, which you can see with the C. Let me know how you feel. We're likely to play out as we head into October another week away. And meanwhile, the macro markets open to another potential headwind for Bitcoin and crypto and unrelentingly strong U.S. dollar. The U.S. dollar continued to march higher, hitting 106.1, which ironically enough is its highest level since November of 2022. Craziness, right? Now, since hitting those 15-month lows in July, the DXY climbed 6.5%, displaying strength, which historically has hampered the risk asset and crypto market performance. As Scoo points out here, X or DXY is rocketing higher to the detriment of the Bitcoin and crypto and other risk assets. Now, uh, another analyst previously eyed a potential cooling off for the DXY for the US dollar strength, given Bitcoin and altcoins room for relief, relief bounce. How do you feel? This is likely to play out. We know there is an inverse correlation. When the dollar is weak, Bitcoin is always strong and vice versa. When we see a strong dollar, we tend to see some weakness in the Bitcoin and crypto markets overall. Now, let's uh, share this. Uh, this is from the Kabisi letter, breaking bond tracking ETF falls below $90 for the first time since April 2011. The 10-year note yield is now trading above 4.5% for the first time since 2007. And the two-year note yield is now up a massive 500 basis points since September 2021. Treasury yields are hitting 15 plus year highs daily now as the Fed pause expectations go well into the second half of 2024 with 8% mortgages coming quickly. And Max Kaiser responded saying the global Ponzi scheme is snapping. And as Max uh, called the other day, he's anticipating the highest interest rates we have seen since the 1980s. He pointed out the other day on X that they were like 18.5% interest rates. He says expect them to go higher and break those highs. So we're potentially looking at 20% interest rates. Could you imagine buying a home with interest rates that high? It's going to be virtually impossible for the average person to do so. But this is the craziness we're witnessing in the market 
market right now. And as we know, Bitcoin is the greatest hedge against inflation and hyperinflation. And it's a great hedge also against the US dollar. So keep stacking them sats, following in the footsteps of Michael Saylor and MicroStrategy. Towards the end of the show, we'll be breaking down that latest news. They just hodled some more BTC, stacking them sats and adding to their position for their corporate balance sheet. And we'll also be breaking down Michael Saylor's $4 million Bitcoin price prediction. But first, here's an alert. Uh, Ethereum co-founder Vitalik Buterin is dumping his Ethereum or at least trading it for USDC stablecoins. What is he up to? Does he know something we don't know? Let's break this down, shall we? And shout out to y'all just joining us in the chat. Much love. Blockchain sleuths have flagged several Ethereum transactions from a wallet associated with Ethereum co-founder Vitalik Buterin in September of 2023, totaling $3.9 million. Separate blockchain monitoring profiles share details of a 400 ETH transaction worth an estimated $632,000 in USD at today's prices from Vitalik's wallet to Coinbase on September 25th, which is today. As alerted here by Spot on Chain, Vitalik deposited 400 ETH to Coinbase, uh, which is $632,000 two hours ago. Now, notably, Ethereum's co-founder has deposited a total of 2,421 ETH to multiple centralized exchanges at $1,628 on average, which is roughly $4 million via two addresses over the past 10 days. So like I said, does he know something the rest of us don't know? Interesting. So Buterin's most recent transactions is the latest in the spate of ETH deposits to centralized exchanges over the past 10 days. As I mentioned, almost $4 million worth. The platform outlined deposits amounting to 321 ETH deposited to Kraken between September 15th and September 19th. Vitalik also reportedly deposited a total of 1,700 ETH to Bitstamp in several transactions on the 17th and 20th of this month and also deposited 500 ETH to Paxos on September 19th. Now, independently verifying several of these transactions using access to Nansen's two beta wallet profiler, blockchain data highlights a transfer of 2,000 ETH worth almost $5 million to the address that has been carrying out these transactions from another wallet long associated with the Ethereum co-founder as outlined right here. So according to the spot on chain, the source of the 2,000 ETH transaction is a better known address, which is outlined the address here, belonging to Buterin than the middle address that has been transferring funds to the exchanges. So as previously reported, a 600 ETH, $1 million transaction from Vitalik's ETH address on August 21st, which is also identified by on-chain monitoring platforms. So what do you think Vitalik is up to? How do you justify Basically, uploading mass amounts of Ethereum to all these major centralized exchanges. Do you think he knows something we don't know and is about to dump before the price dumps on us? What are your thoughts, fam? I'd love to know your opinions in the comments below. And at the end of the show, I'll be reading everyone's comments out loud. You already know I don't trust Vitalik as far as I can throw him. I don't trust the Ethereum Foundation. I don't trust the World Economic Forum. So things are looking very sketchy, to say the least. I'm also anticipating Bitcoin to outpace Ethereum for this bull market as we enter 2024 with Bitcoin having around the corner. But what are your thoughts, fam? Holla at your boy. And with that being shared, now let's discuss some of these hacks, which is very alarming when we're talking about hundreds of millions being hacked 
just like that. So there was a couple of big hacks. We're gonna break this down right here. The first one is the Mixin Network. The hack drained 200 million from mainnet or mainnet assets, but we also have Hobby Global, which I believe Justin uh, from Tron, is it Justin's son? He may be the owner of this exchange. So we'll be sharing what he has to share as well. So here we go. Decentralized peer-to-peer mixing network lost approximately $200 million in a hack involving the compromise of the database of a third-party cloud service provider. That's why we say trust nobody. Verify everything, fam, and do not keep your crypto on those damn exchanges. Just saying. September 25th, the mixing network confirmed that the hack on September 23rd, two days ago, drained approximately $200 million worth of crypto assets from its mainnet in an immediate suspension of all the deposits and withdrawal services on the Mixin network followed the revelation. Now, Mixing Network appointed blockchain investigator Slow Mist as well as Google to help investigate the hack as the Mixin team attempts a recovery. And at the time of the hack, Mixin held almost $100 million worth of Ethereum, $23.5 million in stablecoin DAI, which is basically a stablecoin on the Ethereum blockchain, and $23 million in the King Crypto, BTC. And according to a separate investigation conducted by Peck Shield, the total portfolio amounted to $141.32 million. This ain't no chump change, right? And as an independent investigation from Web3SAAS analytics platform, 0xScope revealed the hacker's historical relationship with the Mixin network. Could it be an inside job? Hmm. Interesting. In 2022, the address, which had been linked to the hacker, received five ETH from Mixin and was deposited into Binance later. And according to the Zero X Scope analyst, the hacker had converted the Tether USDT loot to die another stable coin as a way to prevent any freezing of funds. So it seems like they know what they're doing, obviously. Deposits and withdrawals on the mixing network will recommence once the vulnerabilities are confirmed and fixed. The plans to recover the lost assets from users were not amount announced immediately. And while it was initially promised that Mixin founder Feng Shengdong would explain this incident in a public Mandarin live stream on Hong Kong time at 1 p.m. September 25th, which is today, Links to the live stream were not provided on the social platform X. Mixin Network did not respond to Cointelegraph's request for comment by publication. However, Ethereum co-founder Vitalik recently suffered a hack that compromised his social media profile on X. So more and more hacks. We covered this last week. He says it was probably a uh, SIM swap attack, which is very common in a way that the hackers can ultimately exploit your cryptocurrency. Now let's get into the Hobby Global hack, which is another major exchange for another $8 million. That's right. Uh, here we go. Hobby Hot Wallet posted a message to the attacker in Chinese. And according to the message, the exchange knows the identity of the attacker and offered to let them keep 5% of the drained funds as a white hat bonus. Ain't that something? You're offering the hacker to keep 5% <laughs> of the funds. Well, I guess the hacker can just be like, yo, no, thank you. I'll keep 100% of the funds, I guess, if they can get away with it, right? So September 24th, this was yesterday at 10 a.m., the suspected Hobby Hot Wallet sent almost 5000 Ethereum worth $7.9 million to an address which had no previous history. The following morning, a separate wallet belonging to Hobby sent a message to the attacker in Chinese. And uh, this is what they said. We have confirmed your true identity. Please return the funds. And they shared the wallet address. We will provide you with a 5% white hat bonus. This offer is valid for seven days and ends on October 
2023, next week. If you do not return the funds by the deadline, we will request judicial intervention, which means legal charges, right? Now, as reported, the attack on September 25th, the wallet that sent the message is identified as the Hobby Hot Wallet by Blockchain Analytics Platform, Arcam Intelligence, and according to Cybers, the wallet that sent the message is listed on a Hobby support page as belonging to the exchange. Could this could it be another inside job? I mean, can't put nothing past them at the end of the day, especially considering there's a lot of intricacies involved that kind of point to an insider, especially being they've already identified that hot wallet belonging to Hobby Global. I mean, there's nothing new under the sun. More and more hacks expect it, and hence why you should probably self-custody your crypto wallet and put that in a safe place because nothing is safe on the exchanges, not DeFi with decentralized finance and sure as hell not centralized finance because we're witnessing hacks left and right. You know what I mean? So stress, caution when self-custodying your BTC. Now let's break down our next breaking story of the day, and that's the Lazarus Group, a group which is mass accumulating BTC. Let's break this down. And this is from North Korea, the North Korean hacking collective, the Lazarus Group. And also remember in the Bible, wasn't it Lazarus that uh, Jesus resurrected from the dead? Interesting, right? Anyways, they hold whopping 47 million in crypto, most of which is in Bitcoin. Smart. Now, according to the data collected on Dune Analytics from 21Co, the parent company of 21 shares, the wallet associated with the Lazarus Group currently holds 47 million worth of digital assets, which includes $42 million worth of the King Crypto, BTC, 1.9 million in Ethereum, 1.1 million in BNB, and an additional $640,000 in stable coins, primarily in Binance USD, which is USD. However, the amount of crypto held appears to have dropped from the $86 million the group held on September 6th, a few days after the stake.com hack in which Lazarus was implicated. Now, the Dune dashboard tracks 295 wallets identified by the United States FBI and the Office of Foreign Control as being owned by the hacking group, it noted. And surprisingly, the group does not hold any privacy coins. Interesting, right? Such as Monero, Dash, or Zcash, which are the largest ones. Whatever happened to the privacy coins. I remember McAfee, may he rest in peace, he kept touting that the future of crypto is privacy coins, privacy, privacy, Monero, Zcash, but yet we don't hear much about them uh, anymore whatsoever, which is interesting. Lazarus crypto wallets are still highly active with the most recent transactions being recorded recorded on September 20th. Also, 21Co note that the group's holdings are likely to be much higher than what was reported, quoting them here. We should note that this is a lower bound estimation of Lazarus Group's crypto holdings based on publicly available information. And now the FBI also pointed the finger at Lazarus for the Alpha Po <laughs> coins paid in atomic wallet hacks, which collectively added up to more than $200 million that a group stole in 2023. And Chainalysis reported that crypto thefts by North Korea linked hackers are down a whopping 80% from 2022. As of mid September, North Korea linked groups have stolen a total of $340 million worth of crypto, down from a record $1.6 billion in uh, pilfered digital assets in 2022. 
And late last week, the U.S. federal authorities warned of a significant risk for potential attacks on U.S. healthcare and public health sector entities by the Lazarus Group. So that's interesting. This is a well-known hacking group that just continues to accumulate uh, crypto and hack crypto, which is uh, ironic. Could this be controlled by uh, the authorities or the feds? Makes you really wonder who is really in control here. What are your thoughts, fam? How do you think this is likely to play out? Do you think they will continue to mass accumulate and continue to hack? Or what do you think their ultimate plan is? Please do let me know. Which leads us to our next breaking story of the day, which is the latest with MicroStrategy, the first publicly traded company to put Bitcoin on their balance sheet. They are continuing to buy. And, uh, you know, Michael Saylor is practicing what he preaches, which is continuing to stack them sats and dollar cost average. So let's break this down. And then I'll be breaking down Michael Saylor's latest $10 million price prediction. So MicroStrategy, the business intelligence firm and major Bitcoin investor, is sending a bullish signal to the entire market, announcing the acquisition of another big stash of crypto. Saylor, co-founder and executive chair of MicroStrategy, he shared on X September 25th and announced that 5,445 BTC have been purchased again by MicroStrategy. The coins were bought for $147.3 million in cash at an average price of $27,053 per BTC. And according to a Form 8K filing with the US SEC, MicroStrategy and its subsidiaries acquired the amount between August 1st and September 24th. And as of September 24th, which is yesterday, MicroStrategy and its subsidiaries held an aggregate of approximately 158,245 BTC, let's go, which was acquired at an average purchase price of roughly $29,500 per coin, inclusive of fees and expenses. The filing notes, the aggregate purchase price for MicroStrategy's total Bitcoin amounts to $4.68 billion. And here's the Giga Chat announcing it for himself on X. I mean, <laughs> would you expect anything less from the Giga Chat? The new purchase comes as Bitcoin has traded sideways at around 26000 over the past few weeks. And after briefly touching 28000 on August 29th, Bitcoin slipped to a low of 25000 September 11th. And at this time, we're trading above $26,300. Now, MicroStrategy's latest purchase further reaffirms the company's bullish stance on the King Crypto. The firm previously bought 12,333 BTC for $347 million in June of this year at an average price of $29,668 per coin. And in quarter one of this year, MicroStrategy reported its first profitable quarter since 2020 due to the one-time income tax benefit. The company managed to retain profitability in the next quarter, reporting $22.2 million in net income in early August. So there you have it. How many of you are following in the footsteps of Michael Saylor and the smart money in the whales and continuing to accumulate that BTC as we are soon to enter uh you know, obviously 2024, the year of the halving is around the corner with the Bitcoin halving scheduled to take place in April, which is roughly only six months out. Now let's discuss Michael Saylor's $10 million Bitcoin price prediction. I've never shared this previously on the show. I have shared some of his $1 million and $5 million uh, price predictions, but I found this more recently. And I think you'll also find it very intriguing. Smash that like button. And also, again, let me know where you're tuning in from. I'm going to be reading everyone's comments out loud here and just a few moments. So yeah, let's talk about Michael Saylor and his $10 million Bitcoin price prediction. Let's break it down, shall we? 
First and foremost, this is an article I recently found. It's called Analysis for $10 million per Bitcoin. Gets a nod from Michael Saylor. It was shared just a few months back. Now, MicroStrategy CEO Michael Saylor expects the Bitcoin price to hit $10 million per coin. He highlights an analysis by Twitter user Creasis. Saylor notes that Creasis has made a compelling case for the Bitcoin valuation. Here's what Saylor had to share regarding this prediction. Bitcoin is competing against gold, collectibles, art, equities, real estate, bonds, and money as a store of value in the 21st century. Creasis analyzes the opportunity and makes a compelling case for $10 million per BTC. So obviously we can see Bitcoin has massive potential. So in the analysis, Creasis explains the Bitcoin's growth engine is its increasing scarcity, which will continue into the future. And the Bitcoin is designed to improve on gold strength as it continues to solve its weaknesses. He further argues that the market for store-to-value assets is separate from industries and that different assets are valued for different reasons. Some appreciate value, some maintain purchasing power, while others shrink over time. This implies the Bitcoin competes with all assets, including equities, real estate, bonds, not just gold or the precious metal. Now, as per Cresis, the value of traditional assets is constrained by key variables in their respective valuation equations, such as future cash flow, discount rates, mortgage rates, and new supply. So by contrast, the valuation of Bitcoin is driven by its scarcity and security, which is absolute, incorruptible, and inviolable. And it is not only influenced by new supplies, interest rates, or economic factors. And as such, he makes the case for $10 million per Bitcoin valuation based on the assumption that Bitcoin will, to some extent, replace gold as a global reserve asset. Breach. Although this may seem like an overly optimistic prediction, Cresus notes that Bitcoin's current market cap represents 0.05% of the global store of value in the market, which includes gold, real estate, and other assets. Quitting him here, I believe Bitcoin's full potential is to eat 25% of the world's value, while today it co constitutes of just 0.05%. That is absurd. That means that I believe Bitcoin could 500x in price over the coming decades in real inflation adjusted terms. And as such, he concludes the Bitcoin's value proposition as a superior store of value asset with no counterparty risk and no dilution and no inflation makes it a compelling investment opportunity for long-term investors, especially in the face of the unprecedented money printing by the central banks worldwide. Preach. And now let's continue. Here's Michael Saylor betting on Bitcoin going to $10 million per coin. Here we go. In an interview he did with Bitcoin Magazine, Saylor speaks on the need for competition in the Bitcoin industry, and he is quoted sharing the following. If you're mining Bitcoin, you never want to sell any Bitcoin. And if you raise money, you want to buy Bitcoin with the money you raise. And then you want to borrow against the Bitcoin to pay for the operating expenses. If you do that, if you believe in Bitcoin, it is obvious. If you don't believe in Bitcoin, maybe you shouldn't be in the business. If you don't think Bitcoin is going to a million dollars a coin and then $10 million per coin, I don't think you should be a Bitcoin miner. I don't think you should be a Bitcoin exchange. And I don't think you should be a Bitcoin wallet. If you think it is is not going to zero, then rational thinking is the competition in the market is making my Bitcoin more valuable. That's good. But the competition is making my existing business less profitable. That's bad. If I'm a genius and I execute well, maybe I can say, stay ahead of everybody else. Maybe. But while I'm doing that, every single free dollar I can raise should be converting to Bitcoin because out of 100 possibilities, there's 99 paths where you will fail and Bitcoin succeeds. And there is one path where you succeed 
and Bitcoin succeeds. So Saylor practices, obviously, what he preaches as he continues to huddle Bitcoin, as we pointed out, and he will probably continue to do so. Also, he's quoted sharing. And uh, first of all, Bitcoin's going up by a factor of 10, whether they can fix any of this stuff. And it's going to be a grind up by a factor of 10 just because gold is broken. And Bitcoin is going to replace gold. And now everybody in the universe knows they need a non-sovereign store value in the form of a bearer instrument. So for the last year, people said inflation may be coming. We are not sure. Now the mainstream narrative has flipped to inflation is here. You need an inflation hedge. So it is going to grind up to replace gold. It is going to go to $500,000 a coin, regardless of whether they fix these things. Here are three things that are massive catalysts that will cause an acceleration. Those three things don't take us to $500,000 per Bitcoin. They take us to $5 million per coin. Those three things are, number one, a spot ETF, where someone can go ahead and buy $100 million of Bitcoin via an ETF security. I think that's one. Number two, your bank is going to custody it for you and lend against it. And number three, I can mark it up or down on my balance sheet based on fair value. So there you have it, fam. I wanted to share those insights from Michael Saylor as he continues stacking them sats and following the smart money and the whales, which is mass accumulating. Shout out to all my long-term hodlers. What do you think the Bitcoin price is likely to go before the end of this year? Let's say at around Christmas time, everyone put in your prediction so I can start reading those out loud. And don't forget to check out CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in the live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode. Hoddle.